naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome back to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I'm your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for educational and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, Myco Meditations, nor myself condones any illegal activity. However, I would like us all to be a bit more psychedelic. Let's help this podcast become something of a psilocybin-assisted conversation, shall we? I'm going to do that by inviting you to leave your questions, comments, trip tales, and more in the inbox of the Psilocybin Chronicles on Facebook. Please leave them as a voice clip so that I can include the audio with these podcasts, and then I'll select one or more for each episode to share with other listeners. Would love to hear your name and the state or city where you're from. First name is fine. Pseudonym is fine. Whatever. Don't care. Just like to try and really build this as a community. Uh, the content is up to you. Those that include a written preview to the topic of their commentary will be listened to first, most likely. And if you keep your recording under three minutes, then it's more likely to make it into the podcast. That way we can pack more material, more voices into each episode. Who knows what your insights and intrigues might help others gain access to. You know, building a community around mushrooms, particularly psilocybin mushrooms, has been the driving energy behind my work for the last um, 20 years or so. The healing and the joy that they bring, it's enormous, and it should be celebrated. Not without caution, of course, but in a safe space with the right people, whatever the dose. Which was perfect, by the way, right? <laughs> I mean, you could have handled a little bit more, but it was perfect wasn't it? <laughs> well, I would suggest that mushrooms are some of nature's premier medicines, and that is why it is such a pleasure to have as our guest on this episode, Dan Such, one of the premier psilocybin facilitators that I have known. The man's a natural. Dan is a wild mushroom forager, an accomplished yogi, and a two-year facilitator at Myco Meditations. From a typical Midwest middle-class background, Dan was, well, I think a diamond in the rough. Immediately when I saw him in the first mushroom trip, I knew that his awareness, his understanding, his ability to articulate the psilocybin space was something really special. I think it's safe to say for both of us, meeting when we did was a lifesaver to each. Dan has been an integral part of our work with Magnificent Mushrooms and Myco Meditations. Guests, facilitators, people in general, everywhere, love Dan deeply because Dan loves deeply. It is my sincere pleasure to introduce him to my listeners. Won't you join me in welcoming Dan Such to the Psilocybin Chronicles? All right, Dan Such, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. What's up, brother? Oh, man. So glad to finally get you on here. I'm sure there are a number of people that are going to be excited to hear your recording as well. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about why that's the case. 
a little bit later on. But right now, I want to know who you, Mr. Mushroom, would eat psilocybin with and why. Uh, after a lot of thought, I think it would have to be Jordan Peterson. He is just so well-informed on history and psychology and spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, I think out of anybody alive right now, he could articulate the experience better than anybody else. Hmm. Do you know, does he have any experience with psychedelics? Yes. Okay. So does he, has he talked about his personal experience much or what? He hasn't talked about his personal experience. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he is very well read on all of the psychedelic history mm -hmm. and respects them very much. Okay. Yeah. Definitely an intelligent individual. Um, uh, it would be interesting to see how he would, uh, yeah, if, if his, uh, some of his philosophical, um, I don't know, beliefs would stay the same, or uh, I would assume that he's well hashed out his ideas at this point. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of uh, knowledge. I know he's a pretty controversial figure, you know? So. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Why, why do you say unfortunately? Because, uh, it really is just coming from a lot of misrepresentation. The extremists uh, kind of put up the extreme left put in a really bad reputation mm. on him. Okay. It, it's just unfortunate and it's not true. And I'm sure a little bit of time invested in listening to Jordan Peterson, you'll figure it out pretty quick that he's not against anybody. Hmm. Okay. You know. Yeah, like I said, I know very little about him other than he's controversial and with some of this, uh, yeah, the far left and whatnot uh, in opposition to him, sees him as a, some kind of a whatever right wing or yeah. something. I don't know. Which is, you know, this, it's funny because that's very similar to how psychedelics have been kind of perceived or held within the public yeah. mindset is that there's this, uh, oh, no, it's a bad thing. But if you take a little bit of time to look into it, no, no, it's not. It's not. And like that's like so rep representative of our lives. Like even you and yeah. I, as we've sit here talking about some of the thought loops that we get into, and it's like, no, no, just like spend some time with it, and it's not just as simple as you think it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So, like the mushroom, uh, seems very simple. Um, I think <laughs> you know as well as uh, anybody that that's not the case. Uh, but tell us when you first became aware of psilocybin mushrooms and kind of what your viewpoints on them were before you ingested. In my early teens, I was aware of um, mushrooms and acid. And mm -hmm. uh, mushrooms, it was this thing you could find on some shit in the desert. And if you ate it, you would get such intense food poisoning that you would have hallucinations. <laughs> Just like, okay, not talk, interesting. Talking about misinformation, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then the reason acid would give you hallucinations is because it's acid. It's named acid. It's corroding your brain. <laughs> yeah. And a side effect of your brain being dissolved <laughs> is hallucinations. So all good on that, too. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the case. Not the case. Not at all. What gave you, finally, what gave you the courage to uh, consume? Were you just like, I don't care if it eats my brain, I want to feel this or experience this? Or did you get more information and, and have a better understanding as you initially approached it? Um, really, all it took was, um, you know, really, really into smoking cannabis. I 
stumbled upon the Grateful Dead when mm-hmm. I was about 17. Mm-hmm. We're and, not, we're not uh, going to, this is not going to be a Grateful Dead podcast. Not at all. Now. I'm going to go right through it. <laughs> I'm going, take, taking a sharp turn around this thing. But it is, it is how I found out mm-hmm. that psychedelics were positive at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like when you get really into a band, you start Googling who the people are in right. it. And it's just like, okay, so these people were taking LSD every other fucking day. Um, and they're fine, right? Right. Um, so I was just like, okay, so what's that about? Like, hmm. mm-hmm. surely I thought if anybody had taken that much LSD, they'd be really messed up in the head. Right. So then that sent me down the rabbit hole of actually researching psychedelics in general okay and um already really into mushroom hunting for quite a few years and just liked mushrooms generally mm-hmm. ate them um ate the gourmets and stuff so mushrooms were just the first psychedelic that i was willing to trust yeah i mean it's an easy step especially as a, a forager right it's like oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah right. yeah and just like the idea of like you can go out and find in the wild your own psychedelics. And that mm. was just. Which you haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just make sure everybody knows it's not as easy as we would like it to be. Oh yeah. I've been trying for a long time. I've yet to find one. <laughs> it took me like 17 years, my man. And then the gates finally opened. So you're in the right place. I'm sure at the right time, you'll find the right mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then let's talk about when you ate mushrooms. How did that occur um i uh i had a buddy that was able to get them and uh was willing to go um you know put up some tree stands and set up his hunting spots um while i kind of just hung around and ate mushrooms oh so So he's gonna be like your sitter just hanging out in the woods with you or that's what i had in mind what he had in mind is let's eat some mushrooms and hang deer stands uh, yeah so um that's not that's not typical most people don't hang deer stands while on mushrooms do they yeah it's not a common activity yeah. to do huh. on mushrooms so how that how'd they go you did that um got out of the car ate the mushrooms as soon as we got out of the car and then just started getting everything out of the car herpty derp we just start carrying the uh deer stands through the woods and i'm like i gotta puke (laughs) really yeah okay um so then i was just like ah shit i uh i don't think uh i don't think i can hang deer stands when these (laughs) kick in all the way and uh i ate around now i can think back and i'm pretty sure it was around three grams okay and i think we had uh an eighth of an ounce so meaning my buddy would eat 0.5 mm-hmm, like he mm-hmm, ate mm-hmm. the second the smallest mushroom in the bag and mm-hmm. i think that's it okay and um so he was just like uh what really i i'm fine i'm gonna keep hanging deer stands i guess you don't have to help and um started just kind of going off in his own then he came to me and was like yeah these things are kicking in do you want to go take a walk and I'm like, uh, no, I'm planted in my hammock by this point. <laughs> and then he was like, all right, well, I'm going to go take a walk. So I'll just see you in a little while. So about an hour into the trip, I was actually able to be by myself for the rest of the time, mm-hmm. which um, is scary at first, but it turned out to be a really good thing that nobody was there. Yeah. What kind of, how did it play out? Um, it was just... Um, 
a very big sense of like the um the existential terror i've kind of had since i was like a young teenager and place in life it was just a a really big sense of the way you're thinking isn't wrong you you're you're capable of you know changing your um your negative thought patterns basically Mm. like you are actually at the end of the day in control Mm. of how you're feeling Mm. and um also the overwhelming sense of like holy shit I found it. Mm. Mm. I I really, I found Mm -hmm. the thing that makes everything else make sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. nobody, seriously, nobody, not friends, not like my crazy buddies in high school, even there was nobody that I even thought like maybe I could convince. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, um, while there was a really good side to that trip of like, you know, you're not you're not irreversibly fucked up mm-hmm. but you are absolutely alone mm. so i was i was left with you know the negative and the positive mm-hmm. side of the mm-hmm. coin after that trip mm-hmm. yeah and then i had three more doses before i came here and it was just like very um you know if if you don't you don't care about your life you're not doing anything with your life like you can like what do you are you just going to come to earth and use a bunch of plastic and then die Mm -hmm. or like are you going to use the potential of your human incarnation to go Mm -hmm. be a part of something bigger than yourself like you want to die fine but like make get some use like do something with yourself and like that way if you are going to die when you do die you feel good mm. about the wake you left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know how to carry that out or integrate that, but that was, that was the message. Right. <clears throat> and that like these, e- even after that first dose, I totally got it. I was like, I got it as in, I could totally see why this could make people freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I did, I felt, like since i had eaten this i have to like people need to know and i don't even know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really scary you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was being unknown yeah yeah and um just with the headspace i was in i was really um able in my head to let it all hang out like if i go into the woods and eat these mushrooms and I don't come out. It's not the worst thing. And, um, yeah, I wanted to eat mushrooms with people, but I didn't know if they were ready like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where you're talking about the space of, um, the, uh, you said the negative that came out of the experience, um, or you, you felt, negative is a word that I'm trying to not use here. Mm -hmm. Um, but you you felt the intensity of your aloneness yeah right and so in the weeks how 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 long uh did that persist um and how did it shift well how it persisted was 
after that dose, I, um, I was still fresh coming out of my Adderall addiction and was still like heavily struggling with it mm-hmm. and just like just smoking too many cigarettes and not giving a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And um, what came out of that first trip was I felt better generally by a substantial amount. Um, but I hermited myself for a long time after that mm. and just like really like tried to get my mind together, like put the cigarettes down, mm-hmm. like the Adderall cravings went away. I think that's when I started jujitsu again. Okay. I, think, I just think it's really important that we talk about that, um, that dip that very often comes after a powerful experience that, directly confronts you with um, elements of your life that are lacking or parts of our personality that need improvement. You know, I mean, it's really tough to see those things directly and be confronted with you are alone, you know, yeah. um, and not, and, but the reality that it seems to me, I'm more and more confident in uh, is that those, those feelings, that's, that's part of the process of the medicine working, mm-hmm. right? And so that loneliness that you felt directly after that is also what inspired you to reach out and try to find community. Right. You know, um, and you mentioned how it, it, it started as this kind of want or need desire to eat mushrooms with other people, because you're saying that you found this just enormous valuable tool that you wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what, and this is your your case for me is so interesting, um, but like uh, you probably had some kind of an expectation or an idea of what it would be like when you ate mushrooms with people. Oh my! Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, how did that compare to the reality of when it actually happened? You... That's a really good question. I'm trying to recall what I was expecting and you know and I think that was part of it because I before I ate mushrooms I felt so different man like just miles different than people Mm -hmm. whether it's true or not that's how I felt Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to know like is everybody gonna get benefit like this Mm. is everybody gonna react to it like Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. just like is this really what I'm seeing? You know, mm-hmm. like if you see, you know, something, you're driving in the car with your buddy, you see something crazy out the window. The first thing you do is like, Hey, look at that. Did you look see that? that. Like, yeah. help me confirm this is what's actually happening. Right. Right. And it was, it was like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. Well, there, <laughs> that's pretty, what, pretty much what we've been doing the past year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's, let's get into uh, some of your direct experiences here within the group setting. Um, First of all, so Dan joined us as a guest um, in May 2017, 18? 18. 2018. Uh, and then uh, um, I thought that he was probably destined to be a facilitator. So I asked him to come and volunteer. I asked if he would be interested, and he did. And now he is uh, our most seasoned uh, facilitator uh, outside of myself. He's been with me for, I don't even know, over, uh, over 100 years individuals well over 100 individuals yeah um like what 18 19 sessions now something like that 
Um, this is going to be retreat 20. 20, right. <clears throat> so you came here as a participant um, and with no level of responsibility. Talk about that and then compare that to what your experience has evolved into as someone who is a responsible or... Yeah, well, when I got here, it was like, you know, this is going to be my first time doing high doses. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all these questions like, was I just staying below a threshold every time I was doing this? And then like once you you tip over the edge, it's actually the whole Dante's Inferno thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know on that level. But uh, really, I almost more than my own experience was like curious like how like this is a big group of people and we're all going to eat mushrooms together Mm. and there's going to be all these different (laughs) reactions like Mm. i just really i I was just so excited and curious um so um yeah that first night the first dose i had here was a very intense night (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. that was my first impression i was like oh this is it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah so i didn't know what to make of it i didn't know mm-hmm. is this just random could like the same stuff that was happening to other people happen to me on a different day and left with a bunch of questions and they just I kept getting um, more answers and way more questions as the week went on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the next two doses were pretty much just, um, you know, my my experience was having the mechanics of the group experience kind of explained. Um, mm-hmm. Not in a direct voice way, mm-hmm. but... Um, just the little downloads, my mm-hmm. attention be pulled to things that were important to notice mm-hmm. and um, really seeing how we, we, we're becoming one organism when we're doing this and mm-hmm. you can play a really big part in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and there's a very, very subtle art to being a good bus driver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, now that you are playing more of a directive role uh, in driving the bus, um, how do you how do you describe what's going on? And I'm not. I don't expect you to have the answer. We're all trying to figure this out together, which is why. You know, like you were compelled to do this with other people. So as I, we need to try. We can understand to some degree. I think this will always be a mystery. But yeah, um, yeah. Like, what's your what is your kind of working model of group mushroom space? Um, uh, without sounding too Duncan Trussell, I'll. Uh, it's like. We're, we're all, you know, everybody has their vibe, Man. vibration. Sorry, I was trying to do my Duncan. <laughs> Man. It's like we all have our... <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Uh, but we're, we're, all, we're all our little tuning forks, and we all mm-hmm. are vibrating at our own vibration. And uh, when we eat mushrooms together, we're all 
all 15 of us are just clanging our <laughs> our tuning forks against um, each other yeah. and we're all you know harmonizing our vibe together and mm. through the unity um we can help process whatever it is with each other uh it's like um damn so hard to explain it's yeah. like if you if you have a cut on your foot but it's just a foot right mm. the cut on your foot might take out the foot it mm. just doesn't have enough it's too big of a wound for the foot to heal mm -hmm. but since your foot is attached to a body that has all this resources available you can heal the cut on your foot mm. Mm -hmm. so we're all coming in with our little nicks and wounds and scratches and becoming a bigger entity that is capable of healing itself wow a lot faster one of the first things y'all dan impressed me with was his ability to use metaphor to describe uh kind of what he his understanding of the of the process and i think that's a really unique uh i've never heard you use that before and very interesting way to describe it uh and and <clears throat> it's uh you know like i perceive it similarly as a human family not just when we get together and do mushrooms like that's when we get together and do mushrooms as a group particularly yeah we're doing some massive healing work for ourselves but we're also like we're the toe on the body of the world that's like right. getting getting help getting healed um so yeah like it it for for me anyway i feel like it's become you know a responsibility to the rest of the world that we continue to try to clean and process ourselves and each other yeah um <clears throat> what's what are some of the things that you've seen psilocybin do for you uh aside from you know waking you up to this loneliness uh and then you know, compelling you to go try and find a, a solution in the last year and a half. What are some of the personal changes that you feel like you've experienced through working with psilocybin so directly? Um, the most direct thing is, um, the, the relationship with fear. Um, and just fear is so multidimensional. There's so many different flavors of fear and there's some flavors that like you're actually supposed to stay away from. Mm -hmm. And there's some flavors that it's like, take your medicine. Mm -hmm. This is going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. And just like what that does, like the actual, the pursuit of fear, it's like, it's a muscle mm -hmm. and you, whatever it is, whatever the thing that makes you anxious, it like, it's, it's good for you. You're expanding. Mm hmm. Um, so just very generally, it's just the, it is, it has expanded my palate for fear. I can, I can connoisseur the flavors <laughs> a little bit better. This guy was, this guy was scared of sharks, wouldn't swim in the ocean a year ago because he was scared of sharks and now he's got a damn spear <laughs> set up where he's going to try to spearfish <laughs> in the midst of shark schools i don't even know yeah now do you have amazed me with the way that you've just like run head on into some of these things that you know terrified you um in the last year for sure um so what about i mean like i said dan we could we can and will have a much much longer conversations and you all listening and enjoying this then uh be looking because i am going to get back up onto the patreon with more um, you know, bigger external content from the podcast. 
Uh, so keeping your out an eye out for that. Um, and Dan will definitely be a feature of that. Uh, but Dan, tell me right now, like, uh, you know, like you've seen this working on hundreds of people thus far. Uh, we had in the last two years, I saw the numbers, we've had over 600 and something guests come through my go mm-hmm. and you've been here for a year and a half. So you've worked with probably about 500 people, 450 to 500 people. Mm-hmm. So can you tell the listeners some of the kind of more common and broader um, outcomes that you're, we are seeing with psilocybin here and from, you know, thinking in terms of the immediate response to people that we follow up with a year later and, and know how they're doing. So, um, in the broader sense, I, I think, I think the fear thing still runs true. And, uh, every retreat, it seems like a lot of people are just working through personal fears. I mean, Mm -hmm. like the, uh, social anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So common. And it's so common for people during the mushroom sessions to be sitting in a chair in the corner of the yard. And they really actually do believe everybody really cares what they're doing. They're looking at them. They're listening for them to make noises. Mm -hmm. And it's just magnifying that social anxiety that they think is already Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So when they have the little magnifying glass over their social anxiety, they, you know, have that opportunity to actually use that magnifying glass Mm -hmm. to find out and look over at the other people and know that they don't care. (laughs) Like they actually don't. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just fear. You're afraid and whether it's, Oh, actually nobody cares to look over at me or Mm -hmm. people are looking over at me and they think it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, it, that just comes back to fear. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, even I think a lot of times uh, depression, um, the trauma based responses that we have, whether we know it or not, at least I've recognized this myself, that there's a part of me that's afraid to live a life free of pain or Mm -hmm. depression or the whatever the crutch is that we use to justify like us feeling bad, you know, Um it's 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 really insidious that whole fear thing. You think you think it's not there, and you get inside and you're like, holy shit, maybe I am. There are I am living in fear. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's the first thing that I get confronted with when I dose is like fear of. Usually, it's fear of loss of like family or friends or uh, livelihood or something. There's all, and then it, like this has there is this point of where it's like it's time to let go. It's time. It's time. You know, you can, you can be afraid if you want and just cling on and cling on, or you can just trust and let go, you know? And like, that's so much of a, a moment by moment, day by day thing. And it's really, really hard. It's really hard to hold on to. Um, but for so much of the anxiety and the depression and just, like I said, all the kind of like trauma based mental pathways that we have, if we can, just recognize that it's it's fear that limits us mm-hmm. nothing else mm-hmm. um and then like you so so just you just do so well as you just run into it and like you're the guy that's running into the fucking burning building you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's kind of what i've uh, the role i've played it too and why why i'm here and why you and i 
you know, get along and work so well together is because we're just going to be like, all right, like, no, no, there's no time for fear right now. We've got to like, yeah. just be in the moment and be, and like, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so amazing how many times that you and I like have had like these moments of supporting each other and knowing that, that support, that nonverbal, just, we're just standing there and, you know, and they're supporting each other and how that reflects into the groups and the people are supported and feel supported, yeah. you know? Um, and yeah, man, I just, God, I just love going into, I love going into sessions with you because I know you're not going to be afraid. I know you're going to do whatever needs to be done. You're going to be the support there and you're going to help to bring people up into the headspace, you know, that is truly liberated. Um, so. and, and thank God, thank God I can help be that. And that again, right. The, the tough things that you've experienced in life, the, the things that we consider often consider problems or, Oh, this, if I wish this could have been differently, but if it was differently, you wouldn't be the person that, that you are. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, yeah. The, 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 the only, I really do believe the only reason that I'm, metaphorically willing to run into these burning buildings is because like i've been ready to go before mm -hmm. i can get there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well man we need we need more people like you uh in this work um and you know you do not come from a glamorous background you know you don't have some whatever bunch of degrees behind your name uh but if if i could pick the kind of person that I want to be working with people on a consistent basis is people who have the same kind of mentality and approach as you, uh, that just fully show up, just fully show up. Um, and, and like trusting this medicine so much, man. And like, that's the thing, like, right. We get to give like, once we can like do that and let go of the fear and know that this is such a trustworthy medicine oh yeah oh man i trust mushrooms more than myself fucking a oh yeah. my god 150 times yeah 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 definitely oh man all right well I, I, i'm tempted to start talking cultivation with you dan's had a, a big role to play in cultivation and that is really a, a valuable and intimate part of the entire process uh we uh, if you've listened to the podcast with city then you'll know that like the how important it is that we actually care about what we're doing and how that relates into um, possibly even the outcomes for the individuals that consume the medicine that we grow so joyfully. So uh, big up to Dan for that too. He's really played a vital role in, uh, in, in keeping all that going um, for, for mag mush. Dan, um, what's it going to look like for you? The ideal futuristic psychedelic center. Um, if you could, if you could design anything anywhere um i i think i think the same way that there's um places that you can go to play mini golf you should be able to go to places and trip mm -hmm. just like that i think that's a little space set up and yeah. you should be able to call a trip sitter just like you can call a plumber boom i completely agree i completely yep. agree uh yeah <laughs> all this uh i mean i don't know I get, you know right now of course we need the extra standards and safety measures as we as a society come to understand this medicine and how to use it but it's so safe it's mm -hmm. so so safe and if you are supported and you are in a safe physically safe environment um then even we as facilitators i think we recognize probably more than i don't know most 
that is the mushroom that does the work. Yeah. We're just, we're just there supporting you. We can, we can play a very helpful role. Uh, and there's been so many people that you've been just, you know, you've really shown up for within their experience. But just like you said, with your trip in the whatever deer stand hammock situation, you know, you came through it and you came out for the better because of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do. I do. I, I also hope that as we wear down the stigma and misinformation like you had early on, you know, that, yeah, we can actually have like relaxed environments where people can go and enjoy use psilocybin it can be entertaining they can actually have fun with it right yeah, oh my goodness There's, right there could be like all kinds of little uh environments and ways to apply the the experience so that's something that dan and i uh, have been talking about too is the uh opportunity to design some large-scale trip spaces oh that sounds so fun oh yeah maybe who knows who knows where this road can go brother we've got a lot of different podcasts we can do there's a lot of different stuff we can do, man, and I really, really, really um, just fucking love sharing it with you, you know, and you talk about that loneliness. That's something that I have felt, and I mean, sincerely, you're someone that I have met that is like, it's like we're we're family, and, yeah. you know, like that trip we had a couple weeks back there, you know, with Matt, and it's just like, I don't know, I'm reminded regularly of how much I value your friendship and just our relationship. It really means a lot, man. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, even if Micah was never like, if it dissolved, you know, if something, yeah, like I can't, I can't see what we have, um, going anywhere. So let's use that energy, man, and, and help more people and help bring this medicine, um, to normalcy. Yeah. You know, so we can all be a little bit weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I think, I don't know, Dan and I are talking about doing a little flip flop here because Dan, uh, I think is also interested in some podcasting work. So he may be interviewing me for an upcoming episode of the psilocybin Chronicles. We'll see how that plays out. Um, anyway, Dan, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, just keep on moving forward, brother. Thanks brother. All right. Well, listeners, you may have noticed that I forgot to ask Dan the billboard question. So I caught up with him later and this is what he had to say. My billboard would say psilocybin, get in there and figure it out. <laughs> get in there and figure it out uh i like it simple sweet just like you dan now listeners dan mentioned tripping with jordan peterson an interesting and controversial character the verdict for me is still out on what i really think of his whole philosophy but i'm probably not going to invest a whole bunch of time into considering that what i am going to do is share with you a short conversation that he had with brian rose on the wonderful program london real If you've never listened to any of Brian's interviews, he has some really excellent content out there. Really some outstanding interviews. Dennis McKenna, Montauk Chia, uh, Grant Hancock, just really some excellent, excellent people. So let's hear what OJP has to say about psilocybin and other psychedelics, shall we? No less than three times last night, the word psychedelics came up. Oh, yes. I was kind of surprised and wanted to ask you about that. Hmm. Next week, actually, I'm taking a journey down to Costa Rica and I'm, I'm planning three ayahuasca ceremonies. Have you ever done that? I've done it once, no, three times before, five or six years ago. Mm. So I am fairly terrified, as, as mm, I think good. you should be when you're Absolutely, there. man. Um, you know, and again, I feel like I just want to make sure I'm in touch with doing something meaningful. I think sometimes mm. my human brain can trick me into mm. think I'm doing something meaningful when, in fact, I'm doing something 
just beneficial to me. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I was just wondering what your thoughts were, and that was weird that that came up so many times between you and Sam. And I just wondered, what, what do you think about psychedelics, and, and what do they do, and what don't I they do? I have no idea what they do. What we don't understand about psychedelics is a very thick book. They bend the structure of reality. And I can't understand what they do. I have no conceptual framework for psychedelics. I have no idea what they are. They could be anything. I have no idea. They're, they're, they're unbelievably strange. What they reveal to me is how little we know about everything. And it's ter that, that's a terrifying thing. Okay. Something to be investigated further? With great risk. Okay. Now, you know, I mean... It's interesting. So the, the, the scientific literature certainly indicates that under some circumstances, psychedelic use can produce outcomes that you could regard as beneficial. Psilocybin seems to be a very effective agent to help people stop smoking. So that's quite interesting because that's, that's a hard problem and it does kill people. 85% success rate was what was reported in the last investigation. Yeah. If people had a mystical experience, 85% of them quit smoking. It's like, hmm. It's pretty interesting. I think that they can help you orient yourself morally, but look the hell out. So, you know, you, you should, when people used to approach the holy of holies in the Old Testament, they purified themselves ritually. It's like, that's not a bad idea. If you've got a lot of unfinished business lurking around in your soul, you might want to clear some of that out before you try to attain wisdom that's beyond your understanding. Mm, maybe a way to get in touch with the dark side, possibly. Well, yes, or to have it get in touch with you. So, yeah, to be were, were, the, were the experiences useful? They were very traumatic and very useful. They pushed mm -hmm. me further into uh, giving more, starting a family, becoming less mm -hmm. less selfish. Mm -hmm. They were also you know, difficult, but they taught me a lot about myself, and I don't think I would have figured that out on my own, or it might have mm -hmm. taken me a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's that's a common... That's a common account of, of the consequences. What did they do to the way that you looked at the world? It made me more grateful to be a part of this world. Didn't feel like it was a burden. Again, I struggled a bit with nihilism as mm -hmm. well. Just mm -hmm. what's the point of this? It right, doesn't matter. Right. But I felt more connected to the human experience and that I played a part in it. And I think, as you probably know from studying alcoholism, I think a lot of alcoholics feel just detached from this world and they use that to soothe that pain, at least I did. Mm -hmm. And so for this, it got me back in the game and uh, showed me that I needed to be a part of this game mm -hmm. and not, uh, not be on the outside. I thought I could function without being emotionally involved with the rest of the species and mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't. So once I got that meaning online, that's when the nihilism goes away mm -hmm. and I feel like a life has Well, purpose. you know, re religious transformation is one of the well-documented modes of treatment for alcoholism. It's one of the few things that the liter treatment literature actually indicates works. Yeah. So, which is, you know, hard to fathom, but appears to be the case. So that's something that's worth serious consideration. What they reveal is how little we know about everything. Whew, now that I can certainly agree with. And I can appreciate his trepidation for the experience and the effects of psychedelics. I would say that Peterson seems considerably distrustful of the plants, which is where we seem to part ways to some degree. Uh, we should absolutely have a cautious respect for psilocybin. But over and over again, my experience has shown me that if we truly trust the experience and allow it, 
not just when we consume the mushrooms, but in the weeks and months afterwards. If we take those lessons that the mushroom presents to us, well, as Dan and I agreed, (laughs) the mushrooms are more trustworthy than ourselves. Maybe anybody, for that matter. There are at least a couple of viewpoints that I don't seem to share with Mr. Peterson, and that's fine. I'm sure there are multiple opinions of mine that he would argue with, and you might as well. Uh, And that's where, again, your comments and contributions come into play. We don't all have to agree. We can have a conversation. I have learned so much from the input of others. The self-transforming mind that I try to cultivate, uh, it's capable of taking in new information and making changes, improving outcomes, you know, with judgment-free communication and authentic listening. Well, the sky's the limit for us, folks. The conversations and the creation that we bring forth now can have an advancing impact on our species well into the future. Think how many conversations (laughs) you, your car, the whatever you're listening to this podcast on came to bring that into fruition. The selective use of our language is a tool far more powerful than we tend to give full credit to. I mean, the ability to take from the invisible, the silent, and bring forth the power of sound to direct matter, well, it's almost magical. (laughs) Dan Such, you are good with your words and good to your word. Massive respect, and that's why you belong in the psilocybin space. I would imagine that many of my listeners uh, fall into that category We are a curious lot, aren't we, psychonauts? And we are inquisitive, intelligent people. Oftentimes, if not prior to, afterwards, we're drawn to nature as well. Truth, intelligence, that is what we are, right? We are nature. We are all. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I look forward to hearing your commentary and contributions to become a part of this podcast It will become even more psychedelic with your voice, God's voice, added to the Psilocybin Chronicles. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding.